You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Forty years ago, this is Emeritus Rex with Rabbi Ruven Yoshua Pupko of Beth Israel there in Coat St. Luke's premier synagogue. But much more than that, much more than that, he is definitely the uh, the man to go to when it comes to any sort of uh, cogent and important comments that you would try to garner about the American, North American, Israeli, pan-European scene. Okay, uh, a lot of stuff uh, happening. Um, and last week we just spoke about Buffalo, and here we are uh, in the shadow of another Uvalde uh, a town about 80 miles west of San Antonio, um, three-quarters uh, Latino or Latinx, and um, uh, clearly, a uh, again, an unspeakable tragedy. Um, very little that you write that we can add to it. Uh, obviously, a very disturbed fellow. Um, I guess what bothers me, uh, Rabbi, is once again, just like in Buffalo, before the bodies are warm, before we even know how many people have died, uh, it already becomes a political firestorm. And once again, again, Biden, you know, has to speak from the White House, but then talks about how sick he is about the gun lobbyists. This ultra politicizing of every event uh, that occurs um, really cheapens the significance of, of human life in a way that runs in tandem with the most violent urges of of, of these shooters. It's like, right? how do you respond to that? Listen, all these events tend to bring out the worst in many people, the best in other people. I think people need to look at the underlying pathology of, of these cases, whether it was Columbine or Buffalo or, or Texas yesterday, these mass shootings that take place, even the ones that ostensibly have some political agenda, like uh, the nightclub in, uh, uh, in Florida, uh, or, you know, it, it's the underlying, there's an underlying pathology here, which is new to our world, which is notoriety has become the currency of the realm. Notoriety is everything. That with the rise of social media, I know that sounds like a almost a nauseating cliche, but with the rise of social media, being known is everything. Being known. And uh, there are many uh, young men, especially out there in the world, who cannot anticipate ever being well-known for anything creative or good, who seek notoriety uh, in the worst possible way, uh, who know that they will lead lives of obscurity uh, otherwise and uh, go down in a blaze of glory, hoping to be remembered like uh, the killers, some of the other killers of the past, whether it was the fellow in Norway or whatever. And uh, they're willing to give up their own lives and murder many others for fleeting fame in the aftermath of their evil. And this is the desperate search for notoriety. That's what this is. And uh, instead of focusing on uh, focusing on, um, on 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 gun control laws, where again some of the most uh, some of the places with the most strict laws are some of the most violent places. So uh, whether it's Illinois or Maryland or New York, so I, you know, so federally this and that and 
people you know who don't know anything about guns talk about it with great exp- you know with great confidence what's going on here is a desperate search for- and the question is you have to ask is why now i mean is it's a point to an article which i think was pretty uh, well written and made uh, some pretty strong points which is by jonathan Haidt. it's h a i d t in the yeah. atlantic and you might have read two articles that he wrote about and he tracked this as a as a psychi- as a as, as a psychologist and a professor and a scientist how with the rise of a certain type of social media a certain type of instagram a certain type of way of facebook giving you likes and other things like that that there has been a deterioration completely of of how we interact as people um the the and there has been a correlating escalation of violence and other uh, suicides and terrible activities so i think you're right social media has a role here the only thing i would say is that the buffalo shooter we know was streaming his uh, massacre i don't know if the fellow yesterday uh, ramos was involved in social media or not it hasn't yet developed no no i i understand i understand but 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 again this just might have been a case of a disturbed you know um, no no but but point it's not just what is new about our time and what is different in terms of what has been added to our culture meaning social media it's also what's lacking in our culture yeah in other words you know 50 years ago um people were the same as they are today our human personality and instincts and impulses don't change. What has changed so dramatically is the fact that the the safety net of culture has been nearly completely eviscerated. What I mean by that is people in 1955 also wanted to be remembered, right? So, but how did they seek to be remembered? Through family, through their children, through their faith, through their church. They knew they were living lives of value that would resonate after they were gone from this world, whether in the next world or this world, whether it was through children or in the world to come, they knew that they would have a lasting legacy. When you destroy religion, the need for a lasting legacy, the need to be remembered, right, plays itself out in a very ugly way. And social media has provided that way. Well, so I, th- I think it's, I think there's another thing here is, is it's, it's so inward. It's so inward and self-centered and about how are you vis-a-vis someone else, as opposed to, as you say, a part of a religious experience where there's a community where you can feel part of, where they can support you. Um, so social media definitely, although it was meant to be this incredible opening, which which to create big networks and ended up really creating a lot of uh, of individual little turtle shells where the worst uh, aspects of people can foster and and develop. You're right. In the 50s and 60s, there was a greater sense of community. We we still had our, you know, our you know our you know our Austin uh, again. That was the most uh, the most prominent and, and terrible one. I guess it was one of the first uh, was the shooting in Austin, Texas, on uh, the University of Texas. But those were very far. Yeah, those are very, you had, you very had, you know, whatever it was, he was going to go and, 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 and kill right. random people. Again, those events were relatively rare. Now they're commonplace. And it has to do with, I mean, whether you're an Islamic suicide bomber or a white supremacist or just a mixed up 18 year old kid in Texas, whatever your ideology is, it is harnessed to this great need to be remembered and to lead a life where you're recognized, where you're not obscure. 
right? It's a, it's the ugliest way to see. I mean, I don't know. You know, the most interesting one to me, the most interesting shooting to me is the case in Las Vegas, where the guy opened fire from his hotel on a concert. No one knows why this happened. It's been investigated. Everybody he ever knew in the world has been spoken to. The guy carried in multiple suitcases filled with weapons, set himself up in a quarter hotel room and just picked people off like it was a video game. And what was he looking for? What did he want? Who was he against? Look, uh, video games is interesting that you mentioned that because, as you know, when the explosion, (laughs) it's the wrong term to use maybe, but when they started proliferating is the way they did, there was a huge um, uh, public debate uh, as to the effect of these video games, which we know are, as you say, are so violent. But I, I, and, and some have actually, you know, argued that despite the fact that there is this cartoon violence in it, uh, it builds a certain amount of uh, skill and uh, sort of thinking skills and understanding. But I, I, I think that you really have to throw that in as well. The when we talk about self-involvement, yeah, you're right. If everything is virtual, nothing really means much outside of my own hotel room. So I, I think that that might be part of it as well. Um, you know, the, the again, and and even let's throw in here another log on this uh, on this fire uh, that we can somehow turn into a huge flame against the world, which is the way the media pushes deaths as if that is just, again, another number. Um, you know, that is what the media knows sells. Nothing sells like people being dead. And I think therefore people become, you know, they almost become immune. Uh, and, and uh, well, a dead person. Yeah. Well, that's all the time, right? That's, that's. Yeah, the, I, mean, there was this move, I mean, you hear from time to time, newspapers, media shouldn't publish the name of the killer, right? Cause that's what they're looking for. You know, I, I don't, you know, I don't know how you control such a thing. But um, listen, we live in a culture that has eliminated, you know, the underpinnings of healthy living that have undermined uh, faith and family and community. And people are left adrift, whether that expresses itself in the huge epidemic of fentanyl addiction, overdoses or serial or I should say serially these uh, mass killings, these mass shootings. That's what this is. I mean, you know, the you know yeah. guardrails of culture and society have been removed. You end up with well, this. Well, I'll tell you like this. I think one of the problems that you know, we have. I mean, you're in Montreal. I'm in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Um, you know, the, the people of Vivalde uh, are adults. It, it, it isn't. It isn't. You know, 200 kids in a playground. There's a city. There's a culture. Um, there's a community. There's a mayor. Uh, and Texas itself. You, you you can you know rank on Texas all you want, but I, I I would say you know that look they can institute the type of laws they need that they feel are necessary in their community, um, and and if that means putting more guards in the schools, if that means um, you know, stricter back, background checks, whatever it is, getting more people off the street, that's the way they have to deal with it. I think this imposition from above, this idea you know a Biden you know, railing and saying, oh, we've got to stop this. Look, this is a community. Give them the respect they deserve. Give Buffalo the respect it deserves. Give Uvalde the respect it deserves. You know, don't treat them like they're children. Like, how much is this going to happen? We have to come and use our large hand and swat you down and say, you don't know what you're doing. Why is every clumsy tool to try to solve social malaise? Okay, what what will law the best do? 
Um, you know, again, some of these places are very strict on control laws. Some of them don't. But again, it's about things that are beyond or should be and, and are beyond the reach of government. But I'm saying, look, if we talk about what should be done practically, they will. They can probably figure it out. Why can't we give them the maturity of the community? If they, if, if the people in Uvalde believe that we'll stop this, and in other areas of Texas, is to have you know a teacher packing. They should have a right to say that. They should have a right to to, to have more armed guards and a teacher that might be packing. I don't agree with it specifically, but I'm not going to sit here on my perch and condemn it and say, oh, this is Sodom and Gomorrah because of that. And well, given the way I behaved in high school, I'm grateful none of my teachers had guns. <laughs> all, all they would have to do, again, I was a rabbi in Houston, and I can tell you that, you know, as, as I've talked about, that a lot of my congregants were packing. And there is a fear when you realize that when you walk into a place that you aren't going to get more than one or two steps. <laughs> Given all the pushing and shoving at Kiddish, I'm worried if there were handguns available to <laughs> fight over the last piece of potato. Yeah, yeah. Look, my, my point, though, is, is that it's not for us uh, to judge. They are a sovereign state. They have, you know, they, they could do things. I, I think when politicians or rabbis or anybody comes, and, and I agree with you, social media needs to be reexamined because it's it's infused itself in a way that it doesn't just you know create these lone wolf. Uh, again, I think the, maniacs. the longer term solution, again to use a, a word filled with hubris, the longer term solution, or the the real introspection that that society has to undertake is what's missing in these people's lives, what's missing in our society, whether, again, it's the, it's, whether it's addiction or violence, what's missing. And what's missing is that the liberal elites, and I hate to use that expression, who disparaged all of those underpinnings, family and faith, you know, and community, and yep. undermined them and refused to judge right, right those who, uh, who, who, who don't value those. They themselves, by the way, by all statistical measurements, continue to live rather traditional lives. They get married before they have babies, right? The liberal elite, right? They they still have a sense of community. They still engage in, in not everything, but in a, in a lot of normal, we consider old-fashioned, normal behavior, right? But they've undermined that in the culture. They've mocked it in the culture. They have The churches are not what they used to be, you know, certainly the mainline Protestants not what they used to be and uh and a lot of the things that kept people together that kept people responsible and kept people you know from destructive behavior and and gave people a sense of themselves and, and their place in the world are, are you know have evaporated you know d- due to a, a very concerted effort to undermine um, oh look you you might be correct i don't know about this specific situation you're you're definitely right that this as malcolm x said after the kennedy shooting the the swallows have, or something like this, the swallows have come back to roost. Uh, people are, are, they are reaping what they sow in terms of deconstructing, uh, you know, a God-based, faith-based community, uh, which we know, you know has all those positive elements. One of the things that, you know, the segue out of this um, that that left-wing, you know, culture has done is radicalized uh, many um, 
aspects and they've gone uh, to this extreme um, uh, statements about uh, about how everything is inherently racist and how our institutions need to uh, declare mea culpas. Um, and we know that there was some pushback by Joshua Katz, who is now the fired professor out of Princeton. Uh, and he continued to sort of like fight for what he thought he's a classics professor, and he continued to fight for what he thought was his intellectual freedom on campus. Uh, again, I never read his works. People say that he's very brilliant, and uh, but his his department, which is the classics department, uh, as you know, um, <laughs> is the type of thing that is probably going to be shunted out in the next five or ten years. Uh, the whole idea of a core curriculum, whether it's reading Madame Bovary or the Red Badge of Courage or Shakespeare or anything like that, all that stuff is written by white people uh, with colonial and, 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 and extremist views that were hidden inside the beautiful prose. So Katz, who was part of that, um, has now been dumped. And many people are saying that this is uh, quite an evil thing because it means the universities are knuckling under um, and they are engaging in these Stalin-like show trials uh, to try to, uh, you know, to find the goods on anyone who doesn't go in lockstep with the, as you say, this 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 liberal theology almost um, that is going to squash any sort of free speech. Katz was a highly valued professor at Princeton. Um, you know, he. Uh... No, I think we have to change this podcast to, hey, listen. <laughs> 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 I think that if we, I think if we do a, a, a search on our on our thing, that is oh, really? th- that's usually the phrase that, that that my questions get back from you. <laughs> and I am listening, Ralph. I am listening. <laughs> anyway, he was a very very <laughs> popular professor, highly decorated. He won the Phi Beta Kappa Teaching Award in two thousand and eight, the President's Award for Distinguished Teaching in two thousand three. He was praised, you know, for the care he takes with students and everything else. All right. He had a consensual relationship uh, some years ago. Uh, It came to light. He was suspended for a year of teaching and it was behind him. Then he did the uh, uh, he committed the terrible crime of disagreeing with the current trends on campus. Um, He talked about an activist group as being a terrorist group. Um, He had witnessed a video of them haranguing a fellow student for his office was occupied by uh, right. a, 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 some sort of league. And, you know, and he felt that he felt violated. He, right here, he was a tenured professor <laughs> and they can come into his office and take it over and kick him out. <laughs> and, 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 and so, um, you know, so anyway, so he spoke out against them again, you know, normal world. That's fine. People disagree and you move on in our world. That's not possible because you're not permitted to disagree without being excommunicated. Again, to continue the earlier conversation, when you don't have a religious arena, the impulses of the religious arena, some of them are not so healthy, are put in a secular arena. The the impulse to excommunicate, to judge, uh, to castigate. All this stuff goes on now in a secular arena in universities. Fester said something that people disagree with, and instead of saying, oh, wow, a different opinion, they went bananas, and now he lost his job. And they decided, as a pretext, they went ahead and they reinvestigated a double jeopardy. Uh, they reinvestigated the consensual relationship, claimed he wasn't 100% for it. Right. right. And, and publicly, they're saying the reason why they're firing him is because these new this new investigation indicates that he still remains a threat to every right. student that is in his classroom. And um, 
you know, male or female. So this is really... Um, I mean, it's ridiculous. Honestly, the whole thing. You know, uh, Joshua Katz wrote a piece uh, that appears this morning. This, yes, I read it in the Wall Street Journal. I read Wall it this morning. Journal, and he says something interesting. Just a quote from his own article in the Wall Street Journal today. As the reporters also made, talking about the investigation the student journalists uh, undertook at the Daily Princetonian. He says, the reporters made a series of false and outrageous claims about my behavior. As longtime New York Times legal reporter, Stuart Taylor put it, the Daily Princetonian's, in quotations, unprecedented investigation and hit piece threw away basic journalistic standards No credible that no credible newspaper would. Print an article with such a large number of unnamed sources filled with conjecture and innuendo. That's what, you know, that's he's quoting a New York Times journalist there um, about the article that was written about him in the student newspaper. So it, it was that newspaper article that triggered this re-examination of a case that had already been uh, judged. Uh, you know, it doesn't, it just, doesn't that just mirror what's happening even in the, the grand press of the day, the types of, well, you know, if we've got a story, let's shape it, uh, let's pursue it, uh, let's throw in, as you say, innuendo and unnamed sources and do whatever we can. I'm not talking about the Steele dossier, I'm talking about in general, uh, we know how to, uh, we have become experts with the rise of social media, especially how to cancel, how to eliminate, uh, how to obliterate in, you know, in complete and total fashion. And uh, we have cowered into silence so many other people. I mean, I think Joshua Katz is very upset that he knows there's people, his, his cohorts and many colleagues are on his side, but they are scared to say anything because they don't want to be destroyed he's as well. Fired. He's fired, right. I mean, listen, uh, we've allowed children to take over the universities and, and they're children and, uh, you know, it's it's bizarre. It's, you, you, know, know, it, you know, for years already, though, and the segue to our last topic here today is that we know that the university has been a hotbed, obviously, of a lot of Palestinian and pro-Arab ideas to the point that if there is a speaker who promotes positive things about Israel, he can't even get a, a, a speaking engagement in a campus. Sometimes even when a speaking engagement is already proffered, uh, it is it is withdrawn. And that has happened numerous times. Um, you know, the, the, the U.S. No, but can't, also we, we, we can't even count the number of invitations that were never offered out of fear. I, I agree. And we know, you know, Ralph, that the when we again, it's not our children, our children are unique in, in, in a certain way, being the children of sort of rabbinic people. But we know that many of our congregants and people we deal with, th- their whole life is centered on sending their kids to a higher education place now there's Turo and there's YU and there's a number of places but many of our uh congregants and and and, and friends are, are saying I gotta get my kid into school I gotta get my kid into one of the better universities and all of them are really fraught with this you know completely let's not talk about cats and his you know his positions but a position that are that are anathema to orthodox Jews and Jews that have any Zionist type of leanings um, the the university. <laughs> this is something which is has been festering for years, and it's 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 not gotten better. A right? The uh, it's 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 a shanda. The community has invested hundreds of millions of dollars over the last fifty years in defending the honor of our people, the honor of the state of Israel, of the Jewish community in a variety of arenas. Certainly, campus being one of them. And it, and and the question is, has any of it worked? And uh, and that's it's a very tough question. It's an honest question, and it's a tough question to answer because the culture seems to be arrayed against us. 
uh, that, uh, you know, if you look at uh, just one small story, the California Ethnic Studies curriculum for high schools, which, uh, you know, embraces uh, bizarre ideas about the state of Israel and the Jewish people. And that's now, the, you know, what, what used to be on the fringes is now becoming increasingly mainstream, where Israel is a, is a criminal state, where the Jewish people are part of the uh, morally corrupt systemic racism that you know. right, right that they are they, they are considered a twin okay. state to South Africa they yeah. consistently you know and again and 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 the late Desmond Tutu uh, was guilty in many ways of equating those things um, you know even even um, even Mandela um, uh, although he tried to walk it back. Uh, you know Mandela as well. You know, you know, was Kofitov in many ways to you know the Jews that helped him and helped promote this idea out in the in the university environs. And you're saying it's infected now even the high schools and the public high schools that you know Eretz Yisrael is this is this militaristic you know force of anti-democracy like the the the, the demon, and that's really you know it, it makes me think about you know so what are the what are the what are the makes, expressions of this phenomenon was during the George Floyd uh, demonstrations, uh, the Black Lives Matter, where on, on numerous occasions, they basically blamed Israel for George Floyd by saying that Israeli, that police delegation... Right, sure, we heard about... Training. Right, I mean, some... <laughs> it's insanity what's going on. I mean, right. it's almost comical. Right. The reason why it is so insanity, we mentioned it last year when we spoke about it, is because Israel did unprecedented things by sending their officers and encouraging training all over the world their officers their 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 experts in terms of disaster relief israel does so much more than almost any other country and then again no good deed uh, becomes uh, unpunished you know this morning as i was in my Hasidic minion they were davening slow enough and i was sort of thinking about these words you know, please hear our voice, have compassion on us. Don't allow us to be, uh, to be sort of like alone. Like, our enemies are there. They want to really blot out our name and what we stand for. And uh, and we know what God's bracha is. And you know, this Sunday, of course, and this is uh, is, is Yom Yerushalayim, a day that really, you know, really captures, I think, um, that 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 statement from the Tefillah that that's what happened, right? I mean, today we're talking about the the enemies uh, in the academia, the enemies uh, afoot in the UN and other places. Then it was actually enemies on the ground uh, who really wanted not just to destroy what we stand for, but to, as Nasser said, you know, to to drive us completely into the sea, to eliminate the the country completely, uh, and, and and again. God was Zachor, what he what he what he promised, um, and even though we are Maat Meharbe, I mean, in those fifty five years, this is really a cause to 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 Listen, celebrate. I, I think the, the current news out of Ukraine and Russia should make us think even uh, in a more excited way about the six day war. Ukraine Russia, that's a normal war. This is how long it takes. What Israel did in six days, what Israel did in six days is mind-blowing it is it, again you can't you can't compare it to almost any other conflict oh, sorry for being rabbinic on you what god did for us in those six days 
Oh, I would say what the Jewish people did with the help. I see. You just want to fight. <laughs> Listen, no, no, it was God and the Jews. You said what Israel did. It was the B'nai Yisrael with God. I, I, together. You know, I, I'm like you. I actually care about what Chazal says. <laughs> and, uh, now we're getting personal. <laughs> and, and I actually care about, you know, our tradition and I value it. Uh, and our tradition tells us he's called <laughs> Bring out the Zohar. Yeah, why don't you bring out the Zohar? Okay, when the Jewish people do something, it is implicit that it's God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you said what Israel did anyway. Yes, what Israel did. What Israel did, absolutely. Okay, In contrast what you and your yeshiva buddies did. Right. I see. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. To, it doesn't take much to get you to take your jacket off and to get bare knuckled with me. <laughs> no, but the, listen, the reality is, yes, I'm, 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 listening. I'm, old, I'm just a little bit older than you. So <laughs> barely, barely, no, barely. But I, but I, I'm a. But it was crucial for the Six Day War because I remember the. I remember you went out to collect money. I know. Oh no, no, no! I'll tell you what I remember. I was watching Walter Cronkite in the in the weeks in May where it was a taken as an assumption that Israel was very existence was at risk that there we were 22 years after the end of World War II and you know and all the stories were true Israel yes. had prepared mass graves and parks Israel was ready for defeat or at least extraordinary setbacks and instead you know Yogam, you know you know it went better it went a lot better than anybody had a right to believe and that was the brilliance and the courage of the IDF, with the help of God, that and that a victory beyond anybody could, could understand. And, and people, again, don't remember how at risk we were, how explicit were the uh, aspirations of King Hussein in Jordan and Nasser in Egypt, that the, the goal of the war was to push the Jew into the sea. And instead of that, the Jewish people won. Sinai fell, came into our possessions, and most importantly, Yehudan Shamron, and most importantly, Yerushalayim. And that changes everything, because from 48 to 67, we had a Jewish state without Jerusalem. And the only one who persistently and publicly advocated that we need Jerusalem to have a Jewish state was Menachem Begin. And he said it all the time. And finally, it was liberated in, in a miraculous way. And I would say that 48 represents the first stage in Israel's development, being able to provide a refuge uh, for the persecuted and the survivors, and then sixty-seven on, the Jewish state represents you know the the restoration of Jewish history. It's a whole new reality, and uh, that reality has created uh, an explosion of Torah study, an explosion of observance, an explosion of Jewish advocacy for Soviet Jewry that led to a million coming to Israel. It led to you know, the whole Kirov movement, whether you're Chabad or Semeach or Esha Torah, none of them, none of them would have had any success absent the Six-Day War. It was the Six-Day War, not the Lubavitcher Rebbe, not Noah Weinberg, right? Not whoever the other people are. It was the Six-Day War that started the... Uh, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly okay. in Yerushalayim to obviously buttress ourselves against the assault that the, the Western culture, woke culture that we hear everywhere and maybe think about as we are here in North America that take a little bit of that Israeli um, Azus and say look we can do it and the truth is as much as we want your help we are going to establish ourselves the way we need to be listen, um, the, listen right I, 
it doesn't change these people's minds. I don't care. I think we have to stop caring. That's what right? I mean. I, okay, I think I think part of part we need part to start doing two things differently. Yeah. Number one, making it clear we don't care. <laughs> Number two, right? I you know, uh, be, and begin mocking them, okay, be, for their insanity. And the second thing is making sure our kids don't fall prey to their to, to the culture. Right. So you know, so I, I would say that you know, you know, obviously going there to Israel is 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 an option. Moving there to Israel, there are new neighborhoods that are opening up. Um, Karmegat, which is now uh, a, a beautiful new, uh, it's going to be hot if you want to move there, but it is a beautiful. It's 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 a it's a new yeshuv. Uh, that has been planned right outside of Gat, right outside of Kiryat Gat. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, and that's a, a lot of young people are buying and moving there. Uh, there it, it, it's true, the space is not uh, uh, endless. It's not the expanses of Idaho and Montana, but there are places for our young people to go and feel that sense of security. They're not going to get here. But I think there's another thing like uh, that you're implying, and that is I think American Jewry can take a page out of uh, out of the Israel's chutzpah in a way, and uh, as you say, not uh, bend, not knuckle down, not knuckle over for uh, the type of pressure that's being done here, and, and maybe you know again strengthen our own homegrown institutions in a way that they can resist. Uh, the type of uh, the onslaught of Ivenu that want to be Meichah Well, I guess, listen, I, I wish you a happy uh, and Yom Yerushalayim with a Halil Sholem. Take care. All right. Listen, as we say, take care, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you, Hashem, next week, right before Shuvah. Be well. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.